Recorded live from just across the pond, it's Transformation Thursday. My name is Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her. And my name is Jamie Francesca Rodriguez, and my pronouns are she, her also. Hey, Jamie, those are lovely trousers you're wearing today. May I ask where you bought them? Um, Amy, these are pants. Jamie, pants are underwear, and it's impolite to ask someone about their pants. Oh, I see what you're doing, because our guest today is your friend Kyle Wallace from GMB Comedy in London, England. You're working on English again. Yeah, you got it. Here's another practice sentence. I'm going on a holiday in my car soon, so I need to check under the bonnet to make sure the oil level is proper, pack my luggage, put it in the boot, and I need to fill up with petrol for the journey. Oh, Amy. While she works on her English during the break, we'll be back with Kyle Wallace's interview after the traditional music swell and fade out. Let's talk about change, Amy. Okay, let me see. It looks like I've got three quarters, a nickel, a Canadian loony, and a few British tenors from when I was in London because I'm an international comedian. No, not that change. Change is in transformation. The topic of Transformation Thursday. Oh, yeah, that. Well, we're doing this podcast to highlight how much things change and how quickly they do it in society today. Everything changes, and change isn't good or bad. It just is. The more we realize that change is just the natural progression of things, the better off we'll be. Now, let's talk about change. Didn't we just do that? No, no, not the last one. The first one. The coins. Money. About how people can give us some of theirs so that we can continue talking about ours. Are you just trying to get people to go to our Patreon page to support this podcast so that we can continue our exploration of what it means to live in a rapidly changing world? Because although this is a labor of love, we do have expenses, and by going to TransformationThursday.com, they can help ensure that we can continue to be bringing this fun and insightful commentary on the world today, plus get exclusive patrons-only content. Um, if I say yes, can we get on to our next segment? Oh, God, I hope so. Okay, then. TransformationThursday.com. Also, can you break a 20 for me? Sure. I can get that to you in euros. Okay, now you're just showing off. Uh, this last week, I was in the grocery store and I was pushing my little, you guys call the trolley, we call it a cart. Is that the right terminology here? Okay, great. I am learning English, finally. So, I'm pushing, pushing around my trolley and this old lady comes up to me. She's like, excuse me. I'm like, yes? How long have you known? I said, well, I was hungry about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. I am Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are still she, her. And I'm Jamie Francesca Rodriguez, and my pronouns are she, her. The audio you heard coming back from the break was Amy performing her first stand-up in London with GMB Comedy at the Royal George Pub in May of 2019. Our guest today, Kyle Wallace, runs, produces, and hosts many of the shows GNB puts on. We're going to discuss with Kyle what has changed for GNB since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. We will discuss Kyle's views of American politics and Trumpism from across the pond in our second segment. 
But before we do that, Kyle, welcome to Transformation Thursday. But before we jump into the interview, what are your memories of Amy's first set with GMB Comedy? Uh, hi, hi, hi there, folks. Um, well, it was, I strangely enough, actually, I remember the night really well. It was, it was, that was such a fun night. And probably one of the reasons I remember it is because, you know, we've had so little live comedy uh, at all for the past year. So it's one that stuck out. Amy's set was great, but in particular, it was during, for an American, it was a, it must have been a really difficult thing because it was during our Eurovision night, if I remember right. Yep. Which for an American, that must have been absolutely crazy. And you took to it like a duck to water. It was, it was incredible. And they absolutely loved you. And we, we, we did, I mean, so much so that the crowd loved you that I asked you to host uh, a charity night with me. I think was the, the next time you were back over? Yeah, that was December of 19. Wow, is that all? That just, that seems so much longer ago. <laughs> it does. And, oh, like we lost a whole year. Yeah, it, oh, God, 2000, wow. So that was really just, that. 2000, that was December 2019. So that was really just a couple of months before lockdown. Yeah. Good heavens. That's, that, I don't know about you, but that seems so much longer. Than, I, I thought that was something like three years ago, but no. Wow. But yeah, go back to what you're saying. I I, I, I loved Amy's stuff. It was it was incredibly fresh. It was, it was I, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how, how the sort of like comedy, certainly comedy within the sort of like trans community goes, but it was just the kind of thing that the British crowd loved. It was kind of cheeky. It was, it was, yeah, they, they absolutely loved Amy's stuff, which well, if you've seen the video, if you hear the video, you could tell the audience were lapping it up. Yeah. And I do have to, at least I had watched Eurovision the year before, so I knew what I was getting myself into. So <laughs> that's why I had the sparkly gold dress on and I knew how to, you know, and I even opened with a joke of saying, you know, even my daughter is like, what is this crap? Because she didn't understand how Israel won in 2018. So she was just like dumbfounded how the show works. And I'm like, the crazier, the gaudier it is, it's like the better it's going to do. So yeah. So I was smart enough the year ahead of time. So, but no, thanks for having me on and over there. It's been amazing. And, you know, after this pandemic calms down, um, I did have a trip planned for May, but we'll get that rescheduled sometime, you know, hopefully later this year, next year. Yeah. Well, as, as I, as I said to you back then, you know, anytime you're over here, there is a stage waiting for you at GMB, uh, you know, it's, so long as GNB's here, you have you have spots in London. Oh, thank you so much. So yeah. Jamie and I will come over. We'll get her on stage too. Have you yeah. ever done any stand-up, Jamie? <laughs> oh, there's no time like the present, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I haven't, but uh I don't know. I'd give it a go. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kyle, so you know, so the last time I say it was 2019, it was a whole world ago, so and but you've been in London this whole time during the pandemic, pretty much. You know, you know, talk about you know about a year ago. Well, today's a big anniversary, so let's congratulations. Yes. Seven years for GMB. Yes, seven years. It was today, seventh of March, seven years ago that uh, that GMB did its first ever uh, first ever gig. 
um, and that was at that time that was just it was just once a week uh, then. But then over the over the intervening years, we we expanded to uh, three three nights a week at three different venues, and there was over the time there's been other venues, monthly gigs and stuff like that. We've we've done so. So yes, it all started seven years ago tonight. Our our birthday, we're doing a birthday gig on Tuesday, and uh, we're having our first ever headliner. So the act who headlined um, seven years ago, he's coming back. He's now he's now quite a big comedian on the on the UK circuit. So he's come back. He's going to do a a, a spot. A couple of the acts that um, that were on that night seven years ago uh, are coming to do some spots. Some of the the, the new and favorite acts from the the current stable of of gmb acts are coming to us so we're all really looking forward to tuesday but as 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 if this needed illustrating our mc um who who was going to be uh emceeing our online gig because we started doing online gigs uh just about 10 and a half nearly 11 months ago now and we kind of moved everything online so we do a weekly online gig and it took us a little while to get them just right, the kind of mechanics of it, everything from the kind of psychology to the technology, right? And now it's ticking over wonderfully. And this has largely been uh, thanks to our MC. Uh, the MC we have is a guy called Brian James, who, who just recently um, moved uh, over from London over to the Isle of Man, which is a, an island just off the, the, the coast of the UK. Um, and he he moved he moved there and he was going to be doing the MC because it's all virtual. He was going to be MCing from uh, from the island, but he can't now because he's ended up isolated because of COVID. So he's now completely isolated. Um, the where, where he is the the Wi-Fi isn't isn't now good enough because he was going to go somewhere that he could get good Wi-Fi. So he's now isolated due to COVID. So we've had to get uh, another MC for the birthday gig on Tuesday. Sorry, what were you gonna I was just gonna say that's as part of the times we live in. It oh gosh, it, it it surely is. I mean, we've as I say, I, I wasn't sure whether we were going to be doing any online stuff when it all started. Um but I but I realized that you know GMB's been going at that point six years and it we we went into lockdown um last year at our birthday, our sixth birthday last year. Um, the, so we did our birthday on the Wednesday night, and then the Thursday night, which I, I don't know if you remember, the Thursday night was our LGBT night. So the first Thursday of every month uh, at GMB was an LGBT night. So we did our birthday on the, the Wednesday night, the, the LGBT night on the Thursday, and that was the last we did. That's That's been the last gigs we, we, we actually did. Um, so it took us a couple of months, and then it became obvious that Look, we are, we are not going to be getting back on stage properly, um, certainly that side of 2020. And I suspected it was probably going to be, if we were really lucky, maybe spring, summer of 2021. So I realized I, I had to start putting together some some gigs because for comedians, it it's not good to just leave things especially this at the end of the the comedy circuit that that i promote whereas it's it's new comedians it's it, it's so either new comedians just starting out or or mid-range comedians testing new material and things like that and this it's just not good for for 
these kind of acts to just be without any any outlet because they get they get rusty quick or they they go off the boil creatively and these are these kind of creative juices have to be have to be tended so i thought right i've 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 got to start putting putting some stuff uh together and and then as it turned out the the atmosphere now you you've been to gmb so you, you know gmb is a kind of unique atmosphere and i think part of that is because i i'm an lgbt promoter and there's not many of those in the the comedy uh, field in fact it can be a bit of a of a sausage a sort heterosexual sausage fest at the best of times and and so so we over the seven years with gmb what we did was we we started to 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 look at exactly what kind of minorities there are within the comedy circuit and cater for them so we had a monthly girl power night which was an all-female lineup we had then we had a monthly lgbt nights um we had a growing old disgracefully uh, regular night which is for comedians over 40. Um, we had our character comedy nights um, we had our dark comedy nights um, so there's oh and i knew them that we started is abandoning the comfort zone which is what this is aimed at is to get comedians to if, if you are a comedian that did political stuff you you might do puns but you have to do something that is completely out of your comfort zone and the purpose of this is to get people really like thinking out the box creatively and kind of jumpstart their creative side, which may have been putting mothballs for the past, you know, ten months or so. And and it's as I say, it's taken us a little while to get the online gigs going, but now they're, now they're really popular, and the the girl per night in particular, which is the first Tuesday of every month, is hugely popular. Do you, do you think you've been able to? you know, attract any comedians um, because it's virtual and, you know, there's less travel and that kind of, has it enabled any things or? Well, yes. It's, I mean, it's, it's funny you say that. I mean, I, I, once the world has gone back to normal and the COVID zombie apocalypse is over and done with, I'm going to keep a monthly online gig because I would, I would say every week um, we have at least one comedian uh, logs in from the U.S., uh, there was there was one night we only had uh, one comedian that was in the UK that was on the lineup, um, so so yes I'm going to keep this on because it has allowed lots of comedians that I wouldn't have had the chance to have on at the club to to be able to log in. So we have we have we have comedians from Scotland, from Wales, um, from from all different parts of the UK, from Australia. The other week we had somebody from Sri Lanka two acts from the US and somebody from Spain. And this is you know, this is a, a wonderful luxury. Um, so so yeah, it's it's afforded it's afforded us to, to to see acts that we might not otherwise get the chance to to see at the club, which is which has been great. That's Have awesome. It sounds like a really diverse, you know, mix yeah. of people from all over the world. One of the nice things about it as well is 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 because because I've worked hard with GMB to create a I, I don't want to say kind of family buzz because that's a bit hack and it's a bit it's a bit naff but certainly a, a very um, a very kind of pe people can go there and feel safe people can can go there and and know there's you know heckling is not tolerated in fact 
I say heckling is not tolerated. Every now and again at the club, we might get somebody who's who heckles, and the audience loves this because because the this is invariably somebody that's never been to the club before, and and if if somebody heckles, they they cannot wait until I get back on stage. I, I usually MC the gigs, so they can't wait till I get back on stage because I am gonna have them for dinner. So it's so you know it's. So there's this kind of nice, there's this kind of nice, uh, friendly kind of family atmosphere, which has managed to translate into the online shows. So quite often, well, not quite often, every week now, uh, the online shows, once the show is finished, people tend to hang around for sometimes up to two hours after the show, just to kind of chat and catch up with everybody on, on, on the Zoom link much in the same way they would do at the end of a gig having drinks with friends and you know people that were on the lineup and all the rest of it so so we've worked really hard to to extend that that kind of vibe that we get from the live gmb shows into the online shows right right now it says tuesday nights weekly right yeah every 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 tuesday night and that's going to be at seven o'clock london time so that's greenwich mean time um, 7 30 it starts yeah 7 30 okay so 2 30 here east coast u.s time in the afternoon so and one of, one of the things that we are um we well which we were going to do um with the with the live shows i think i might have discussed with you amy was because we did in december we did the the sort of trans comedy night which was which was a little expensive we did we did it we raised money for two different charities and and it was a little bit of an experiment to see just just how viable this might be because if i were to and I, and I was thinking about this the other day if if i were to look at the my top 20 favorite acts from the london circuit four of them are trans acts now that's that's a that's a kind of fabulously disproportionate um statistic so when we put the the trans comedy night on in in december that was such a success it was so popular everybody loved it so much we said right this is going to be a a, a kind of regular feature like a, a girl power lgbt thing and we were going to do it we were going to make it every i think it was every quarterly so every three months we were going to have a, a ticketed event on a friday night at the bell which is where you performed out with the charity night with me amy and uh, that was all set. It was all organised. The the owners of the venue were so behind it. Uh, there was a lovely, lovely lady, uh, Catherine, who who was very much a, a fixture of the the London trance scene. Sorry, I'm getting she um she passed she passed away earlier in the year, and yeah, she 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 passed away earlier, and we were going to be doing this with her. Um, sorry, that. Yeah, that's no, fine, her. Yeah, take your time. Sorry for your loss. She was she she was a she was an absolutely wonderful lady, and she was she was going to be part of the. I'd asked if she would she wanted to be part of the kind of like organizing team of of these nights, because she was one of those people that knew everybody. You know the the that side of the London scene. She knew absolutely everybody, and she'd been she she'd been coming to GMB for must be about four years, and uh, always came with at least three four people and and often brought girls that were coming out for the first time and and she knew that this was somewhere that they were going to be absolutely safe and looked after and and i thought actually this is 
this is a comedy night is a is a wonderful place for something like this and the the management of the the bell uh they were they were so behind it so they were putting on uh, security separate security and bar staff upstairs so that it was a completely isolated club from from the the rest of the venue and of course this was supposed to launch in april last year and as, as Catherine had passed away uh, a, a month or so before, we decided this was going to be not, not just the launch of this night, but it was going to be in, you know, a, in memory of Catherine. And, uh, and it, it, yeah, it, that's, that's one of those things that of, of all the things that we lost last year, this is one of the things that I, I, I kind of mourn the most was, was, was the loss of this because the, the December, started the momentum for that and it's you know we're, we're gonna have to start from scratch kind of thing with it again and i and catherine is going to be well she's not going to be there to 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 help it along the way but she was she was there at that december show that i did she was up at the front table in the left corners that's, that's the lady yeah that, and there and she her, that was her table <laughs> did she had a friend or two with her that night that they were out for the first time i i distinctly remember now i can see it as as we talk through that and and that lineup that night was you know in fact not only did i perform that night i actually co-hosted with you yes and so that was an extreme honor and i thank you so much for that and you know but you have jordan gray you had dean oh, dean yes. cathel and i mean and jenny b side i mean you have some amazing gender expansive and trans performers yeah. you know right there at your you know at your fingertips who just put on amazing i mean and jordan whipping out her boobs in the middle of a show is something you know I i'll never yeah <laughs> you know it's just you know to be able to host and watch that for the price of nothing was worth it so i mean jordan's incredible though isn't she yeah I mean, just incredible. But then all, all the action I mean, your Jenny B side is is one of the funniest acts you 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 will ever pay money to go and see. Dean, I'm I'm a bit of a fanboy when it comes to to Dean's stuff. If if Dean is around in twenty years, I think Dean will be a household name because Dean has a a a, a real sass and gusto and edge that and an originality and a real you know there's a there's there's real intelligent comedy in in Dean stuff yeah. so yeah it's there's there's an incredible wealth of of talent here in london well, maybe i need to move over there so something to think about we'll, we'll discuss that more in segment two <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> How did the two of you get together, Kyle? How did you hear about Amy and end up inviting her over, even pre-pandemic, you know, before? Well, oddly enough, the, the somebody whose name we just mentioned there, I, I believe it was Jenny Bisay that introduced you to the club, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Jenny. Yeah, um, and I think it was Jenny. Jenny had uh, said to me, said, look, there's, some, there's somebody I know who's, who's over here, um, she she does comedy, would you, would you give her a spot? And if Jenny asks, for somebody to get a spot, I don't question. You know, there there are certain people that you say, look, will you give this person a spot? And I just don't question. I know that if Jenny's recommending them in any shape or form, they're going to be good. And indeed, Jenny was absolutely spot on. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it was, 
And it was, and I had only done a handful of gigs too at that time. So that was. Well, a, I didn't know this until you told me afterwards that you'd only done a handful of gigs. I assumed you were some seasonal pro. <laughs> I mean that in the professional comedian sense, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so no, but it, it was a great night, and you know, it's one of those nights where it's you. You don't want it to end, and I remember getting back to my hotel room at like three thirty in the morning. Just, you know, I'd taken, I'd taken a cab back, I'd laying in my hotel room going, I, I don't know how I topped this night for, you know, just the entertainment value, everything that I experienced going out and in and around Soho and just taking in that environment. And, you know, and you do such a great job of creating that environment and making sure, and even that night, in, that first night at the Royal George, there was a girl in our group that that was her first night out dressed as well. And now yeah. she's, now she's a year plus into hormone replacement therapy and she's transitioning. She lives somewhere in Southeast England. I'm not going to name names. Um, but, you know, so to, to have that space, I've seen that firsthand of how important that is. And so, yeah. you know, there, and the safety factor is so important. You know, there's so much turfy stuff. I mean, do you deal with any of that from the turfy side of things over there? I, uh, I, I, I've had a, a really horrible run in with this recently. Um, I, not to mention any names, but I, I, there was a post I put up on, on Facebook, um, uh, and I think it would be probably about J.K. Rowling, who boils my blood at the moment. Um, she and, shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> yes, in, indeed. And, and uh, one of my oldest friends, now I've, I've, known, I've known this lady for, gosh, 30 plus years, and uh, she, she said something underneath it about being a, a turf. And we've not spoken since. I, I I replied to her post and a couple of other posts, and then I had to step back from it because just my 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 whole thirty year friendship just crumbled in this one moment, and and it I say we I, I I cannot see our friendship ever recovering from this, and it just so so yes, and. And this this lady is not. She is. I mean, this this is a lesbian. She is by no means ignorant. She she works in social care and all the rest of it. So this is this is not somebody that is coming from a point of view of ignorance. This is, uh, yeah. I and the fact that this is this was a, a, an ideology that she subscribed to. I I found that so unsettling. You know, I can I can look. We we've we're we're all used to to prejudice from from those who who do it out of ignorance who do it out of fear but when when somebody is doing it from a position whereby you simply should and do no better i think i don't know where to go with this is there the impression that is sometimes presented in the u.s press about england and the attitude towards trans people in england is that you know, turfs are kind of like everyone subscribes to you know she who shall not be named opinion. Um, oh God, no! What's it really like over there? Like oh, I, I, she she who shall not be named is is considered toxic here. There, I you know I I think it's it's it just depends where you you know and the 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 thing about the UK the UK is is lucky 
in that we we do not have Fox News. There is thank we, God. We yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, we we have his newspapers, but they do not have the same indoctrinating uh, power that uh, a, a television station does. There, you know, that that kind of like, sit down and veg out in front of the the toxic TV. We don't have that to the same degree. So, so I, I, J.K. Rowling doesn't have, doesn't have it anywhere. I th I think she's here. She's she's now seen as as a bit of a laughingstock. Of course, there are people. You know, the the mum's net crowd. You know, that's you know slightly buttoned up, uptight mum's net crowd. They're of course they're they're not going to they're not going to see anything wrong in that but then you know they 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 have their own prejudices and hate mongering going on anyway you know they probably still feel that you know gay men shouldn't be allowed near children and you know lesbians just need a good man that kind of thing it's so it's i but no jk jk rowling is 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 very much uh, seen as as a toxic influence i would I would say the vast, vast majority uh, of of people here uh, don't see her as as anything other than toxic. How she recently there was a television series that uh, that she wrote the the book that it's based on under a, under a, uh, another name, and the the TV series fell fell flat because people just didn't want to know. And well, there's that's... great talk over here at the moment about how the the new movie, the the Fantastic Beasts or whatever, whether that's that's going to fall flat on its face in the UK when it comes out, which I hope it does. Oh, it's good to hear that. The you know sometimes I think the way news gets presented is it's like position A versus position B. With the way it's presented, it sounds like it's kind of fifty fifty when it can actually be like ninety ten, right? And you know, it's, so it's good to hear that. It's oh, it's, it's I mean she. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's ninety ten. I, I would like it to be ninety ten. I, I think it is. It's probably uglier than ninety ten. But it's, sure. but it's by far, it's not fifty fifty. Um, I, I, I mean, I know that we, we all have a tendency to live in a bit of our own bubble of creation. But, I, I mean, I don't know anybody other than this one person, um, that, that thinks J.K. Rowling is anything other than a toxic figure now. I think this will this will increase. Unfortunately, you know, as, as we know, politics is such a weird fluid that it's, you know, you, you can never tell. But I think there is, an, there is an element of what J.K. Rowling has done here is she may have done some good because she has well and truly opened the doors to the debate. Whereas before the debate was controlled very much by the mum's net crowd. Whereas, whereas now because J.K. Rowling has thrown open the doors and 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 has let the trolls out of the cage kind of thing, then people jump to defence. And actually sometimes that that works in favour. And so so I think I think what she's done is people people have people now are 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 probably a little more educated about it. Than, than before J.K. Rowling, and that's you know good and bad. But you know I, I, I think there is an element of of what she's done that history might show wasn't such a bad thing. She sure. was, but what happened wasn't. Yeah, and I, and I think you know, I think from a at least here in the United States because I pay more attention to that just 
because of location base, but I think it's like 70, 30. I, I agree with you. It's not 90, 10, yeah. but I think yeah. 70, 30. Yeah. And I think I'm those, 70, and I think that 30% are, you know, like you, we've talked about, you know, it's those Trumpers and those, those hard right people that are just, they're not going to Marjorie green, the U S representative from Georgia. Kyle just grabbed his face. <laughs> <laughs> There's a name that got a reaction. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, please, nobody take this the wrong way. But there are some witches that should be burnt at the stake. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she has roots in Salem, that woman. She must have. Uh, oh, that that has that. She is. I mean, oh, my God. She is one of the most toxic human beings. I think I've. Oh, oh. All the wrong people have guns in the U.S. I don't know where she gets her ideas, but um... I don't know. I think I think she you know boils up chicken blood at, at midnight, smears it all over her nipples, and steps into a pentagram and asks for wisdom from Satan. I don't want to by comparing um, Marjorie Green to witches. I don't want to denigrate witches. No, you're <laughs> absolutely you're absolutely true. Maybe I should just I should rephrase that to Satanists in general. <laughs> She is toxic beyond belief. I mean, that po that that big sign that she put outside her office is is just it is childish. It's reprehensible. It's disgusting. I I. So maybe we should come back to comedy and wrap up this this segment. Yes, so. yes indeed. Yeah, <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's sure. go. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to ask one thing. What? What are your plans post pandemic? Like, I don't know what the time frame looks like over there, but um, you know, how are you going to transition back to a? Well, this is this is this is going to be this is a really difficult one because we last summer, towards the end of last summer, the when when our lockdown kind of ended, um, the the government uh, we we actually had some live gigs. But there was so many layers of limitations that was put on them. So you, 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 you had to. Everybody had to be social distanced, and then there had to be in 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 social bubbles, and you had to have food served, and you couldn't open beyond a certain time. I mean, to give you an idea of the the uh, one of the venues that we, we you know GMB always says it's kind of our spiritual home is a venue over in East London called Arch One. It's run by a, a lovely guy uh, called Rob Clark, and he's he's had this venue for 10, 12 years. And and Rob, I mean, it was Rob that that got the girl power, helped us get the girl power nights going, and all the LGBT nights and all all the the specialist nights. He's the one who kind of helped us get these nights going, and he. When, when we were allowed to start doing gigs back, he went through the most incredible hoops of fire he leapt through to, to try and allow us to put gigs back on. To He bought for the club um, a, a medical air filtration unit and a portable air conditioning unit, which what this does is it kept the humidity of the room down so, and, and it and it filtered the air. Now, this is this medical um, air filtration unit is the kind of thing that they have in uh, uh, surgeries and pharmacies and operating theatres and all those kind of things, so that it filtered the air, so there was any viral particulates in the air, and the air conditioning dehumidifier to keep the humidity down, and this is constantly being monitored throughout the night. 
he got food organized somebody was making food and he went through all this spent thousands of pounds we got two gigs before the government shut us down again oh and he spent a fortune and and lord knows how much time and effort to try and do this and every time he 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 came to the government's right this is our new standard the government would literally change the goalposts again and change the goalposts again and change the goalposts again and and eventually it got so silly and but he went above and beyond and we had temperature guns so everybody was getting their temperature before they were allowed into the club hand sanitizers everybody's name address and, and email address was taken for track and trace and we, we went above and beyond the government regulations and we managed to get two gigs before the government went into lockdown. So going on, because strangely enough, I spoke to him just a couple of days ago, where we've, we've still got all this in place. So we've got all these things in place to make the venue as safe and secure and viral friendly as possible, but it's not conducive to comedy. It sanitizes the atmosphere. And I don't mean that from, you know, the air conditioning thing. It just... The, the reason people go to comedy is to escape the crap that's going on outside. And if you're, if you're having to go through all these temperature things and air filtration and social distance, and it makes it very difficult to put together a, a, a gig. And I tried and, and it, it was, it was hard work. So what we're hoping is if the, the the conditions get you know um, lifted a bit, uh, Arch One Rob Rob spent a lot of money getting the outside of Arch One ready. So what we're going to do is we're going to maybe during the summer move the gigs outside. So we've got these kind of marquees and bars and a stage and all the rest of it set up outside. But if you've ever been to the UK, our summers aren't exactly guaranteed good weather. <laughs> And I think much as social distancing and having your temperatures taken and hand sanitizers indoors might not be conducive to comedy, sitting outside in the freezing rain, having, you know, it's equally not conducive. So, so we don't know. But to answer your question, what we're doing is where our plans are for the summer, at least, we're going to move the gigs outside. So it's in the fresh air. After that, well, at, at the moment, we've we're, the UK is doing pretty well with the with the whole vaccine program. So our vaccine program is rolling out um, pretty pretty efficiently at the moment. So it's it's looking like um, by the end of summer, the UK will be will be pretty much vaccinated. Um, and and I personally, I'm I'm looking at because my even though I run GNB, I'm also a magician. So we put on stage shows, me and my stage partner, and we're looking at uh, relaunching our new stage show in uh, at the end of October. So we're looking at theatres for that. So, you know, hopefully taking summer into account, doing outdoor gigs, and then after that, we might be getting back to some semblance of of normality. Um, but we simply don't want to go back to this this jumping through hoops and and having to serve food and and all the rest of it because it, it just didn't create good comedy 
that's a lot of the regulations New York put in place. And finally, um, I just got to note my local comedy group here that um, comedy is going to actually be allowed to reopen um, April 2nd here in New York State. So, wow. um, there, yeah, so there's wow. actually been other states where it hasn't closed at all. And so that's just kind of that 50 state, 50 different approaches to COVID-19. But here in New York, um, comedy is going to open back up. And I, yeah, I think with the vaccination, I think that's that's the big key for it. And I think that's, you know, you want to be able to have that environment and not have to jump through all those hoops. So the, the Edinburgh Festival, the International Comedy Festival in Edinburgh, that's, I mean, obviously that was that was closed down last year. And and it's it's pretty much not going to be open this year because I'll, yeah. Edinburgh gets packed. Did did you go to Edinburgh Festival when no? No, I went to the fringe in Brighton. That's about the right. time of the yeah. year that I was there. Yeah. Well, Edinburgh Festival is the everybody comes from all over the world to to this. And and a lot of the venues are in very small, compact venues, maybe only seats that you know, twenty they go from twenty people to a thousand people kind of thing, the, the the venues. And and we're going to lose that for a second year, and that's in August. Um so I I think I think we're just kind of accepting over here of the fact that actually, you know, something rather than half open, rather than open with so many regulations and hurdles and 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 all the rest of it, that it's not it's not what anybody wants. We're we're all kind of getting into the the idea of just hunkering down and and getting to a point where we can open properly. So say that's that's all to do with the vaccine everybody's you know i'm i'm hoping to get mine in the next 10 days yeah i get my second dose of the pfizer vaccine in uh in a week sure. and a half so sure. no i work i work at starbucks <laughs> i mean i'm public facing employee so i'm eligible people I, need I'm, coffee. I'm surprised i'm getting mine because you know i at the moment my entire world is virtual i'm doing all my work online so you know hey Given Edinburgh, then it sounds like probably not till the end of this year when things, you know. Well, no, Edinburgh is only only for the month of August. Right. So it's it's I mean it's the entire city. If you can imagine, the, I mean Edinburgh is a beautiful place anyway. It's an absolutely stunning city, um, but it gets taken over by um, this festival every every August for four weeks, and every available space is used as a performance space. So in uh, I mean, I, I I cannot recommend enough that that somebody goes to the Edinburgh Festival. It, it is it's it's an experience that's worth doing at least once in your life. It's on my bucket list now. So. Yeah. Yep, mine, mine too. So, but before we wrap up this section, you mentioned you're gonna get started hopefully with some uh, magician shows again this fall. Um, any plans on sticking your hand in a bag and impaling it again? Did that we, leave a mark? That no, that 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 uh, that will that will never be doing that again. Uh, <laughs> we did some actually, research. Actually, well, actually, that that that's a um, uh, not to pop your comedy bubble on that one, but um, the reason that trick went wrong is I had a brain tumor, um, and and I suffered on stage uh, something called a micro seizure, um, which is is the equivalent of switching your computer on and off and you lose the data on that that document and you just go to your last backed up document and oh. and and i i just there was this weird moment where it just 
I, I had like a, a half second splitting headache for a second and then was okay and continued with the with the the the, the trick but of course basically what my my brain had done is kind of reset to the last time I'd done this trick and and at which point was a different stage in the trick and I ended up putting my hand down on a nail on on stage and well impaled my hand so yeah. no I won't be doing that again <laughs> Well, thanks for the background on that. I mean, that that I'm sorry that happened to you, but I, I but you were in the hospital for 24 hours before they even removed it. That that was a bit of waiting process. And it was. I mean, it was it was quite that that in itself. I ended up doing a comedy set about that because um, I I was uh, yeah I was I was in the hospital because they can't just pull it out. They've got to operate to take this thing. It's like a solid steel six inch seven inch nail. So they've got to carefully take it out, otherwise it damages the tendons and other stuff in your hand. And I, I, I'm in, I'm in hospital. It's about seven hours. They put me in a bed and all the rest of it, and I'm waiting. I'm going out my mind with pain now. And I pressed the little buzzer, and the nurse came along, and I said, "Look, is there any chance of some painkillers?" And this, this nurse looked at me, and she said, "You're the gay magician, aren't you?" No. And let's be honest, this is like a Trump immigration question. This is a question not designed to get you a prize. This is, and and I, I, I said, yes. And she said, and I swear to God, this is absolutely true. She said, you know why this happened to you? I said, no. I said, this happened because you have Satan in you. Oh, no. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. And she said, things like this will keep happening to you until you let Jesus into your life. People like that should not be allowed in medical care. I know. So she, I said, I, I don't think this is the appropriate time to be having this conversation. Um, I, I said, well, and what she said next just terrified me. She said, well, once you've gone down to the operating theater and they've put you under and you get a glimpse of the other side, <laughs> then maybe you'll let Jesus into your life. I, I just, I thought at that point, I thought, nothing this woman gives me, I am taking now. I will endure the pain. I am taking no medicine this woman gives me. Yeah, good call. So, well, we'll, well let's wrap up this section and we'll be right back to, uh, we already got a little preview of Kyle's politics, but uh, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll come right back with more Transformation Thursday right after this. To financially support Transformation Thursday, go to TransformationThursday.com and that will bring you to our Patreon page. Once there, click on the Become a Patron button. You can also follow us online on Facebook. You can follow us by searching for Transformation Thursday Podcast. And please join our private Facebook group by searching Transformation Thursday on Facebook. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at TransThursPod. To make sure you stay up to date with all the latest episodes, please subscribe to the Transformation Thursday Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google podcast or wherever you get your podcasts on apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and a short review it's free and it does help get transformation thursday out to a larger audience finally transformation thursday is copyrighted material all rights reserved 2020 welcome back to transformation thursday i'm jamie rodriguez and my pronouns are she her and I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her as well. Hey, if you're wondering about where uh, my usual co-host is, uh, well, our schedules have just not been meshing lately because of everything going on with my life, with school, life, and just it's crazy, and Penny has a busy life, so um, 
Penny's taking the day off, and once again, General Counsel uh, Jamie Rodriguez has agreed to sit in with us. So, but I think this will be a great conversation for us to to talk to Kyle about because we're going to talk politics. There's definitely some overlap with the law. There's overlap with mental health, which is you know my new specialty. So, Kyle, what do you what do you what do you think of American politics and that guy named Trump? As I see your as I see your neck stiffening on camera in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, as 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 you know, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit obsessive when it comes to American American news. I, I think I probably enjoy it a little bit more than the UK stuff because it's it's a little more colourful quite often. But the last four years has been, I would quite happily have gone for monochrome, to be honest. I mean, ah, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm all too glad to see the, the back of Trump. And certainly I'm also too glad to see the back. I used to, I used to follow him on Twitter. And I, as a comedian, it was, it was quite comical to follow him on, on Twitter. But there came a point about 18 months ago, I thought, actually, I can't do this anymore. This is just too toxic. It's gone beyond the the lampooning of him, and he is just a toxic creature. The GOP tends to bring out the best in toxicity. Yeah, I purposely stopped following him just because, like, I didn't want to give him one more Twitter follower, but... That was yeah. my thinking. Yeah, you always knew as soon as he said something stupid, which was frequent, it would get, you know, reported by others, so... Yeah. You know, you don't miss out. What was the? Do you think he's going to get that? He'll stand for for you know the next one. God, I hope not. Um, <laughs> I mean, my my sort of my feeling is there's clearly he still has a lot of support in the Republican Party, but it seems like somewhere between twenty and thirty percent of the GOP doesn't want him to be the leader again, and hopefully that's enough to. To make it so that he's not really a viable winning candidate. I mean, he was much as he was this, you know, the the golden statue at CPAC and all the rest of it, and there was a lot of on stage lip service given to him at CPAC. The 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 poll they put out wasn't as massively in favor of him returning as as I think everybody was expecting, which was actually quite nice to see because I think the CPAC poll was in in the low sixties. Which, you know, if you were listening to, to what they were saying on, on stage at CPAC, you would have thought it was the high 90s that people would want him back. Well, yeah, and I, and I think, you know, you look at the, you know, that support starts to erode, but that very vocal, solid base. And so, you know, but how, you know, but as your perspective, you know, you're watching CNN and other political shows, I mean, you know, as as a gay English, and well, you're not English. You're actually Scottish. You know, but as a as a gay Scot, I mean, how are you? I mean, how do you respond to this? You know, and how do you how do you explain this? And how do you view this from that viewpoint? Because you know, over here, you know, I think I don't I don't know how to put my finger on Trumpism because it's just this cult of personality that I don't think we've ever really seen here in the United States. Yes, you did, and you saw it the same time as we did with Reagan. Oh, with Reagan? A Reagan, a Reagan. Yeah. I mean, in, in the same in the same way it was a sort of cult of personality, not that it was a toxic cult of personality. And and Re Reagan Reagan 
has still within the Republican Party has a sort of almost deified status. And that happened here with Thatcher. Thatcher was Thatcher was the same the same kind of thing. They still talk about Thatcher in the same way as as you the GOP talk about talk about Reagan, and but we've we've not had these kind of um, truly negative populist politicians for several generations. I mean, it, Thatcher was. Thatcher was closer to, to, to Donald Trump because Thatcher was incredibly homophobic. She was incredibly anti-homophobic. She was incredibly anti-poor. She was, she was incredibly anti-immigration and all the rest of it. She was, she was, she was a, a vile, vile human being. And she, she brought out um, in, in the UK, she brought out a piece of legislation called Clause 28. Now, Clause 28 made it illegal for teachers to talk about anything LGBT related. Now that meant if 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 a kid um, if a kid had a question or any age from primary school to secondary school to college or whatever, if they had any question relating to anything LGBT, even if it was something like about Alan Turing, the you know the grandfather of computing, they could not talk about it. Even in university. Yes. Oh my God, that's amazing! I, I mean, yeah. unbelievable, frankly. But yeah, actually, I'm saying yes. Um, I I think there was probably all, all the universities were probably were probably different because there there are, there are certain things that you you uh, you probably wouldn't be able to get away with that. But it was certainly up to before university, so it was like you know, junior school, high school kind of thing. Um, so I. I, I'm not going to say yes to university. It, may, it probably wasn't, but but it affected universities. Um, it meant certain things for funding couldn't happen at universities and all the rest of it. And and this was this was the the last time we've we've seen anything like that w was then. And bear in mind, Reagan um, Reagan was hugely anti anti gay. He he basically wanted to like like. Trump did with with COVID. Reagan wanted to ignore HIV. You know, HIV. There, there was there was they blocked money going into HIV research in the same way as Thatcher did over here. Um, there's a, a TV series has just come out in the UK called um, Oh God, it's a sin, and it's it's written by a very very well known uh, uh, gay uh, writer, and and it's it basically goes back to uh, nineteen. I think from 81 to, to 82 it's available on BBC iPlayer and and it's and it follows this group of people um as they they're coming out and they're moving to to London and all the rest of it and as HIV and AIDS starts to appear and it's 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 very interesting because you know I was I was around back then I I remember this very clearly um and so it but at the same time it was it, I I watched one episode of it and that's all I could all I could bear to watch, and and it's, it's that whole thing of of that that era. It reminds you that actually Trump isn't new. You know, Trump. We just haven't seen the likes of Trump for a while, and and hate politics isn't new. We just haven't seen it for for a little while. Yeah, it's kind of like it goes underground for a while, but then it comes up at the comes yeah. back yeah. out at the when it's given an opportunity. Yeah. Um, 
And it just takes somebody like Trump to, you know, shake the bottle and pop it. What was the view um, over there when Trump was kind of coming to power in 2016? Because I'm, I'm interested in kind of what the international... Um... Well, bear in mind, we're, we're partly to blame for Trump coming to power because um, the Cambridge Analytica, which is the, 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 the company that, that data mined everybody and, and helped put, you know, put all this stuff that you've got in Facebook in front of everybody and, and tweaked news so that you are only seeing what people wanted you to see. Now, that was, they, they did a test run of that in the UK to, to try and, and, and get Brexit. So the, the Brexit that has, is a, you know, a national suicide note in politics, it was, was essentially the test run for the American election. And that's what, you know, so, so we ended up with Brexit is this was their experiment to see if it was possible to do on an even bigger scale with, with Trump. So yeah, I'm really sorry, but we're partly complaining, but yeah, I mean, it, it, we were dealing with our own incredul national incredulity because we were, as, as, as you saw Trump coming down the escalator, we saw Boris coming down a zip wire. And, and it was, you know, our, our prime minister is, is just a, a, another version of Trump. There was, there's, a, there's a saying um, in, in politics, and how did it go? It's um, Boris, Boris is a smart man who wants to be seen as, as an imbecile, and Trump is an imbecile that wants to be seen as a smart man. It's a very key difference. And, you know, but one of the things you said in there is that, you know, the, the homophobia messages of the 80s and, you know, and coming out of the AIDS pandemic and every, or epidemic, excuse me, but the language we hear now resembles, it's, it's just different packaging is all that it is. Yeah. yeah. And so it doesn't stand up to scientific scrutiny and it always comes back to some sort of quote unquote biblical underpinnings that, you know, expose bigotry and hate. So, you know, but, you know, we talked a little bit about with she who not be named, but how do we, how do we work with people to, you know, continue to show love, empathy and understanding. But when we're all in our own silos, because, you know, we get our messages from sources that we all like, I'm guilty of it. I'm assuming you are too. And, you know, so how do we, how do we build, how do we, how do we communicate with these people effectively that are, have different viewpoints from us? I, gosh, I, I don't know. I think I probably have a slightly apocalyptic view of that because I, I, and certainly, certainly in the U.S., um, maybe not quite so much over here. I don't think it's a case of we have our own uh, our own silos of where we get information. I think in America at the moment, the difference is not right wing and left wing. Uh, your opinion, my opinion, the the U.S. has has fractured along the lines of truth and lies. I I don't I I think there there is there is now a a, a, a a far more serious fracturing and and it worries me because all too often over over the decades what happens in america eventually works its way over to the uk and to europe and it gets somehow co-opted over here and i and i'm i do not want our politics to be and it's it, it already has to 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 a lesser degree with 
with the Conservatives and with Boris, where where they're they're quite brazen about um, I don't care. I'm paying my friends billions of 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 pounds to do something that we know is a lie. They're they're being quite brazen about about lying, and that all started with with the Trump campaign, where it's a case of right, we we have no shame now if we get caught barefaced lying, and. And in America, certainly with with Fox, well, not even so much Fox. Fox is actually one of the one of the more rational right wing news networks at, at, at the moment. And they're they're just you know look at look at Breitbart and and all these they're it, they do not care about the truth. They will they will happily barefaced lie about the, the 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 facts. And and I don't think that's a case of we're we're in our our, our opinion bubbles and our news bubbles. It really is. A case of of truth and lies, and how do how do we how do we do that? I I at this moment in time I I don't know. You know that old old saying. You know the best revenge is to live a good life. I I I just hope that what can happen is is Biden and Harris can turn things around in such a way that that they they bring better times for america in which case people have to look at this and say well actually hold on you you said that we would we would be overrun by migrants you said we would um we would our children would be forced to 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 change sexes you said everybody would be forced to marry their dog and and your your father would be forced to have sex with the man next door all these ridiculous things that 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 the GOP and and the the news networks come out with, if they are given the chance to be shown to be to be nonsense, then then you know that's the start. But until we get rid of the 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 truth and lies thing, I I I don't know. I mean, in in this country. I don't know if you know this, but um, Fox was thrown off British television. You can't get Fox News here because it was not considered a news network. It was it was considered a propaganda network, and we don't allow that here. Yeah, you know, there's kind of an old saying that something about, um, you know, everybody can have their own opinion, but you don't get your own facts. And that yeah. kind of old saying has gone out the window with the kind of propagandist nature of, you well, know, it's Kellyanne Conway's alternate facts. I mean, as soon as Kellyanne came out with the alternate facts line, you thought, okay, okay, we're we're, yeah, we're going uh, down that path as a culture now. And it is really a cult of personality. You know, there's a kind of a famous, I think it's a photograph of um, of a bunch of Nazi party members. You know, Zeke Heiling to kind of at their their morning. Um, assembly at some factory in Germany and there's like this one guy in the corner who has his arms crossed and is you know and and often it's shown in history books it's like at that point a lot of people were just infatuated you know and they were totally sucked up there were some people like the guy with his arms crossed but they were vastly outweighed by everyone else and well, you had you was there was uh, in in the nineteen thirties there was a Nazi rally and I think it was Madison Square Gardens. Oh yeah, Charles Lindbergh had a big part in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, we so so it it's and and you you could see Trump Trump and his enablers they they were going down that route. 
and the, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss. Where, where I don't know what Biden can possibly do because this whole thing of, of bipartisanship, um, you know, nonsense. When the vast majority of the of the Republican Party is is still working on the big lie. You think, well, you can't have bipartisanship when when you are you're still spreading the lie of the election. This it's you know that that should be the basis of any anything bipartisan. Just say that was a lie. Or at least say, look, this is we were wrong. But that's never going to happen. And so long as that never that doesn't happen, we're we as an LGBT community will always be caught in the middle. Because we are the we're the easy one to point fingers at. I think I do think there's like a couple things going on right now. One is Democrats kind of holding their powder to say, look, we gave bipartisanship a try. And if the Republicans are just going to be obstructive, like they've already become essentially, at some point, maybe they decide to do something like, you know, get rid of the filibuster or they take some other actions. But I think the the other point that I, I, I don't know, I'd be interested in your opinion on this and what, what your view is from across the pond, but certainly it seems to me that Biden is making an effort to change the tone. Like, you know, he's purposely not tweeting, you know, the, the, the presidential tweets are really coming from the chiefest chief of staff now. There's not this drumbeat, you know, you don't hear about some inane um, anti-factual statement almost daily out of the White House anymore. So he, I think the whole administration is just trying to change the tone of government. Um, it's not so much substantive, but hopefully that carries over. You know, the, people the, will the say... Thing, the thing is, though, with that, that's, that, that's all very good and well, and it's all very admirable. The Democrats get... All, all too often what happens with the Democrats is they are, they are forced to take the high ground. They're, they're, they're forced to be the adult in the room because, because the, the Republicans will, will, will lie, they will cheat, they will, they, will, they, will, they will not behave in a responsible manner. And the, the thing is, when, when, you're, when you're faced with, with that, the, the adult in the room thing becomes wearing. When you, when you know that, actually, I, I keep offering you the hand, I keep compromising, I keep doing this, and, and you are never going to, you're never going to be the grown-up. Because when you just need to look at what Mitch McConnell did with Obama. They just, out of spite, blocked everything they possibly could. And it looks as though they're going to do that with, with, with Biden. And there's, you know, the whole green eggs and ham nonsense is just, I, I mean, there it is. That's emblematic in, in itself. I, it's, it's quite comical because we, over here, we find this hilarious. There are, there are, there are so many things that happen in, in American politics that would end uh, a politician's career in this country. Just in one fell swoop, you're, you're gone. That, that one statement would be the end of you. So let me, let me just ask you one question. If you're trying to sell um, a couple of Americans on moving to the UK, what would be your pitch? Um, okay. Um, the, the first one, the, the first one would be you can come over here and get a job and you do not need to worry about if anything happens to you between now and the day you drop dead, that you're going to be bankrupt by illness. 
and I've I have several friends in, in in the US, and one of the things that stops them from moving to to jobs that they might be more enriched by that that will that will give their soul sucker are because these jobs do not come with with medical benefits and you know things aren't perfect in in this country but you know i i've i have had five different cancers in my life and if i was in the us i'd be bankrupt and probably dead because certainly the last one I wouldn't have been able to afford the treatment for. If for no other no other reason, I, I think the 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 model for a civilized society has to be free healthcare for all. I do not understand two things about America, guns and healthcare. And nobody in the West does. Nobody in the West understands how you can send your kids to school and be afraid they will be shot. I, the, the fact that you have gun um, emergency drills in, in schools, this in, in, in the UK and in and, and Europe, this, we, we, we look at this and we think, what is wrong? What, what on earth is wrong that you think guns are a good idea? because it's the big lie. You know, what stops bad people with guns is good people with guns. No, what stops bad people with guns is bad people not being able to get guns. So yes, that's all. Those two things. Everything else is semantics. But if you can if you can literally not be afraid of guns and not be afraid of getting ill, everything else is is really just semantics and it allows you to 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 be yourself without fear of of the big stuff getting in the way of chasing who you want to be. Well, it sounds Does that answer your question? No, that sounds awesome. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the good news is, is that psychology is on the shortage list over there. So once I finish up with my credentialing, I can... Yeah, I mean, you, you get your ass over here. <laughs> <laughs> That simple, honey. Just get your ass over here. Well, you know, I think a couple of Americans on this uh, Zoom call would probably um, probably hop at that opportunity. I yeah, I I mean I I worry for for um, my American friends. I mean I I lost I lost a friend in nine eleven. Uh, I used to I used to go over to uh, used to go over to the states. I used to go over to New York probably about once every 18 months. I haven't been there since 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 then. I worry for for them because it it just I I I, I mean the the Religious Freedom Restoration Act when 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 that when that came in I I I thought this is this is something I would expect from a developing nation. This is this is not something I would expect from uh from something from from a, a Western civilization, it is one of the ugliest pieces of legislation that that I, I think you can even conceive of. Hey, Jamie, so, how many how many times have we brought up that topic? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I'll I'll bet we need the Equality Act. Yeah, I'll I'll bet that's an, that's I'm I'm sorry to have been a bit hack on that one because I'm sure that's something you have you have debated ad nauseum. But it is ugly. That is truly ugly, and it's it's the one piece of legislation amongst so many. But that is one piece of legislation we really don't get here. How that 
can be even contemplated, let alone tolerated and put on the statute books. Although when you see who did it, it doesn't really surprise you. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we, you know, in our other, in our other podcast, that topic comes up a lot because, you know, Rifras, you know, Jamie, if I'm saying this wrong, please stop me, but it sits over almost everything. And as Jamie has, you know, taught me, it's like a super statute. So, yep. you know, you almost have to view anything culturally, you know, and how it interplays with RIFRA and, you know, and Jamie mentioned the Gender Equality Act. I mean, if that passes, you know, the Equality Act, then, you know, that, the, Jamie, you know more about that language yeah. than I do. Yeah, the Equality pass? Act, the Equality Act has a specific provision that says um, it basically takes priority over RIFRA. So um, it wouldn't repeal RIFRA directly, but as far as the uh, Equality Act provisions and applying them, they would not have to follow RIFRA or RIFRA wouldn't take priority over the Equality Act's definitions. So, you know, God help us, we'll get that uh, Equality Act passed. Do you think, do you think it will pass? Um, hmm. I think they have to bust the know. filibuster. That's yeah, I my... think they're going to have to get rid of the filibuster to get it yeah, through. Yeah, that's, 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 that's my feeling on it. I, I yeah. think that, that if they've got any hope of that, it's, it's got to be post filibuster. Well, I think this is a perfect place to, to wrap it up. What, what do you two think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I see, I see darkness behind you there. So it's, you know, um, oh, it's been dark here for, for a few hours. <laughs> well, the sun's come out here in Rochester for the first time since November. So I'm actually enjoying some sunlight today. And my, my mood is actually quite the weather, the lovely. Weather, the weather in London has been lovely the past couple of days. It's been kind of, it's got a real sense of spring. My dog is loving it. She's fast asleep next to me. She's absolutely, <laughs> yeah. she's been loving it. Yeah, well, Kyle, we'll have to talk about a trip over as soon as we get past this pandemic and lockdowns and travel restrictions. And But thank you so much for coming on Transformation Thursday to talk about, pleasure, ladies. talk about GMB comedy and American politics. It's been definitely fun. So um, good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.